Good morning. You know, I just feel rather ill-equipped to come in and share. I'm only going to share for 20 minutes or so. Um, but after hearing those baptism testimonies, what else is there to say? God is in the business of changing lives. And that's what he's been doing with those five people. And, and I'm sure he has with many of you as well. And I want to encourage you to continue to allow him to impact and change your lives. And I just thought I'd talk a little bit about baptisms and, and the decision that we make um, to become baptized. And, you know, baptism, when you look at it in the Bible, is meant to be the same symbol as when Jesus died on the cross, was buried in the grave, and then rose again. And that's the symbol of making a decision to follow God, being put through the water, coming out and living your life to follow Jesus. And that's what the guys are doing this morning. They're following Jesus in what he did in the laying down of his life and saying, I'm not living for myself anymore. I'm not going to do what I would want to do. Because if you read the Bible, Jesus swept blood in Gethsemane. He wasn't looking forward to getting crucified. It wasn't on his bucket list of things to do. But he laid his life down for God, for what God's will and purpose is so that you and I could be saved and set free. And so he laid his life down and he was resurrected again. And in the same way, when people are baptized, they lay their life down and say, I'm not living for myself anymore. I'm not going to do the things that I want to do. I want to follow Jesus. I want to live the life that he's called me to live. And they're raised back up into that. And baptism is this picture where your sins are washed away and you can live this new life. Does that mean that life's easy? No. Does that mean that everything is perfect and nothing bad happens? No. But it does mean that God is with us, that he walks with us through those difficult and dark days. He walks through us through the happy days. He walks with us through the difficult days. And he never leaves us on that journey. And as we walk with him, then he enables us to shine and point others to Jesus. And I really like the analogy that a pastor in America uses. His name's Rick Warren. And he uses the analogy of baptism a little bit like a wedding. And he says, baptism is like the wedding ring. Because if I left this place today and went to the shop or went wherever, people know I'm married. Why? Whether they know me or not, they know I'm married because I'm wearing a wedding ring. It's a symbol to say, I belong to Paul, that I've given my life to him, that I'm, you're lucky, aren't you? You're having a good day. I've got good shoes on and I've got a wedding ring on. You can't go wrong today, babe. But baptism is the same thing. It's like saying to everybody around, this is who I love. This is who I'm committed to. And baptism is that same example. The vows wedge you. The words that you use in the vows make it legal and binding. But the wedding ring is the thing that tells the whole world, I belong to him or her. Baptism is the thing that tells the whole world, I belong to Jesus. Does it save us? No. We're saved through faith. We're saved through Jesus Christ and believing in him. But baptism is a symbol that says, I belong to him. I'm choosing to live my life with him and for him. I'm choosing. It's the choice that we make and the symbol that we make to the whole world. You know, and we make decisions every day, don't we? We make decisions, I'm going to get fit this year. We make decisions, I'm going to eat more healthily. I'm going to 
have a good and healthy relationship. I'm going to work more smart with my finances. I'm going to save up for this thing or this other thing. We make decisions. But let's be honest, how easy is it to stick to them? I made a decision. We're going on holiday in the summer and I thought, June, I'm going to start exercising. It's still June, right? (laughs) Just. I reckon if I get something in later, I've stuck to my decision. But it's hard sometimes. We don't stick to the decisions. We need something to seal it and to hold us to it. Many of you know I suffer with a problem with my ear. And we saw the consultant a while back. And I was like, before we saw him, I was like, I eat too much chocolate. I eat too much any biscuits. I just like to eat them. And I have to be careful what I eat. Um, because, again, because of the medical condition. He says, you know what? I think you best lay off the chocolate. I was like... Do you know, do you know what you're saying? And since that moment, I've eaten no chocolate. I haven't had any. I did have an accident. I had an accident. That wasn't my fault. That was, that was Olivia's fault. And it was there and it needed eating. But generally, <laughs> stop telling off me when I'm on the stage. But generally, just shut up, let me carry on. I've only got 20 minutes. But generally, I haven't eaten any chocolate. See, she spoiled me point now. I wrote that before I did it. But you know what? Sometimes there was a point where the girls, the girls had a chocolate orange. Thanks, Joan. And um, they were eating it. And I said to Olivia, Olivia, just just come and breathe on me. And she was like, (sighs) and I was like, oh, I said, do it again. You know, and we make these decisions, but it's hard, isn't it? We make these decisions and it's difficult. And for those who've made that decision today, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but I believe there are tools that the Bible gives us that can help us to stick to that decision. You know, maybe you're in church today and you're wondering about God and what what are all these crazy people and who's that fool dancing at the front and what's going on? God's changed our lives from a place of complete brokenness and that's why you see so much joy and excitement in people. But maybe you're wondering about Christianity. Maybe you've been a Christian or you've gone to church before and you sort of drifted away. This morning, it's about making that decision and sticking with it. And the Bible gives us tools to help us on that journey. So I hope, no matter where you're at or what, where you're at in your wonderings today, that this is a helpful message for you. So it's about outworking the implications of the decision. We make decisions every day, but then we have to outwork the implications of them. There are implications to every decision. Okay, that means I've got to go to the gym every day now. Okay, that means I've got to stop buying chocolate. Okay, that means I've got to be a bit more sensible with my finances. Okay, that means I've got to be more sensible about who I spend my time with. There are implications to them that can affect us and make it difficult. And there's a part of the Bible where Jesus is talking to some religious scholars and he gives us I believe three top tips to outworking your decision and sticking to your decision and it's from the book of Mark verse chapter 12 verses 8 to 31 and I'm reading from the message version it says one of the religious scholars came up hearing the lively exchanges of questions and answers and seeing how sharp Jesus was in his answers he put in his question Which is most important of all the commandments? Jesus said, the first in importance is, listen, Israel, the Lord your God is one. So love the Lord with all your passion and prayer and intelligence and energy. And here is the second, love others as well as you love yourself. 
There is no other commandment that ranks with these. That means nothing's more important. Nothing is more important than loving God and loving people. Nothing. Nothing is more important. Nothing ranks it. So these are my three top tips on sticking with your decision in accordance with what Jesus said. The first one is listen. Jesus had been asked a question. He was obviously being asked questions. It said the religious scholars came up to him because they heard the lively exchange. They heard the answers. So people were quite clearly sitting with Jesus, asking questions and listening to what he was saying. And yet Jesus feels the need to say, listen. Well, surely they were listening anyway, so why say it? So when you notice these things that Jesus does, it's important to look at it and wonder why. Because actually he's trying to tell us something. Listen in the original Greek means this. You hear God's voice which births faith. Jesus is asking them to listen on a completely different level than just hearing what someone's saying. He's asking them to listen at a place of depth. He's asking them to listen and allow what they're saying to take root within their lives, to birth faith within them, to allow change to come, to allow a different perspective, a different viewpoint, a different idea to come alive within them that they've never allowed before. Before I worked here, I worked in a primary school with children with special educational needs. And I worked with a variety of different children with a variety of different needs. And when we were in the classroom and the teacher did their upfront bit about this is what we're learning in this lesson. And you're sitting next to the child that you're working with or the group of children you're working with. And you know that they are off somewhere. They may be sitting there, but their mind is with Disney or with Fortnite or just not really anywhere at all apart from the ceiling. So I knew I'd got to listen. They may not have been listening. They could have possibly heard it, but it wasn't going in because when I sat down and said, right, what do we need to do? I don't know. And you know, I think most of us are like that. How often do we hear things, but we don't actually know what we're being asked to do or take it into a deeper level. I knew that I had to listen so I could teach them again. And Jesus is asking us to listen on a deeper level than we've ever listened before so that it does something new in us. The word listen here as well also provides the root for the English word acoustics. And acoustics is when the sound in a room is good and helps make whatever's going on sound good. If the acoustics are bad, you get unwanted sound and you get a negative impact. So if what you're listening to and how it comes into your life doesn't sit and work well, then it brings negativity and it impacts your life in a negative way. It becomes unwanted. And our lives can be like that, just the same. So if we don't listen correctly to what Jesus is saying, but we listen to other things and we allow those things into our life, it can have a negative impact on us. It can bring unwanted things into our life that aren't healthy and good and don't sound good, but just make a big old mess. We need to create the right acoustics for the noise of life. We need to allow God to shape us and to mould us so that our life creates the right acoustics. So that what comes in isn't negative and doesn't impact us in a bad way. But what comes in brings faith, helps other people and sounds and looks good. 
Are you and what you, in your life bringing good things to other people or is it bringing negativity and unwanted sound? It's so important to listen to Jesus. And sometimes when life's just okay, we do listen to him. When life's going really bad, maybe that's when we listen to him. Or when life's really good, maybe that's when we listen to him. But this morning, I want to encourage you, listen to Jesus. Allow his voice to go in at a deeper level and birth faith within you. The second thing that I've spotted out of this part of the Bible, first was listen, the second is love God. Jesus says the first and most important thing is the Lord is one, so love him. So the Lord is one, he's in agreement with himself, he's in unity with himself, he's whole. And that's what it means. And Jesus is actually quoting a part of the Bible from the Old Testament, from Deuteronomy 6 verse 4. And, and that's what this is. And it was at that time when that was written that all the neighboring places to Israel, they all worshipped many, many gods. They had different gods for different things, a god for the soil, a god for the air, a god for this, a god for that, a god for whatever you got. You could just go and pick whichever one you wanted and do whatever they asked you to do. But what they were trying to say is God is one. You don't need all these little different things to satisfy you and to fulfill all your needs. But God is one. He's whole. He's all-encompassing. He provides for everything. And God is the same for us today. He's whole. You don't need to go looking at for relationships or for a job or for in alcohol or in drugs or in perfectionism. None of these things are holistic. But if we put God first and love him first, he's whole and will make us whole so that we can operate out of that. Brings wholeness to us when we invite him in. And let's be honest, we're all broken. We're all fragmented in our lives. Things come and they cause difficulty and hurt us. Life is not always easy. And we can be broken because of it. But God wants to come in and bring wholeness to us. Does it happen overnight? No. But he wants to take us on that journey of wholeness. Where we're whole in everything that we do. And he brings together the fractures and the fragments of your life in him. And says, let me put you back together again. The, the last thing I want to say to you this morning is this. Love others as yourself. And many people talk about this and it's, it's so important to recognize exactly what it's saying because we can just pick up the first part, love others. Well, we all know we should love others. Whether we want to or whether they deserve it is another thing. Some people, let's be honest, are a lot easier to love than others. It's true. But... It also says, love others as you love yourself. So loving starts with us first. And when we're in unity and agreement with ourselves and a whole in ourselves and accept and love ourselves for who we are and stop wishing we were someone else or stop putting ourselves down, when we can look in the mirror and say, God, I thank you that you made me just as you did and I am who I am because of you. Then out of that wholeness, we can love others because otherwise we're loving others out of brokenness. Does that mean that if we're struggling, we shouldn't love others? Of course it doesn't, but it means that we go on a journey of allowing God to bring wholeness to us so that we can love ourselves, so that we can then love others and bring peace into our lives and theirs. Nothing ranks these Nothing ranks learning to love yourself and learning to love others. Because when we do and we go on that journey, 
then that is the beginning of peace and the beginning of hope in our lives. It's the beginning of God making us whole. There's no higher thing to achieve. No matter what we strive for, no matter what you think is important, the Bible tells us there's no higher thing to achieve than listening to God, than recognizing that God is one and that he is love and that he can bring oneness to us as we learn to love ourselves and learn to love others. So this morning, if you're getting baptized or if you've come along to see them baptized, maybe you come to this church, wherever you're at, then I want to encourage you, listen to God. Allow him to speak to you. Know that God is whole and he can bring wholeness to your life, no matter how difficult you find things sometimes. And know that God wants to help you to learn to love yourself and to learn to love others. It can be so difficult sometimes in relationships, yet God wants to be there with us and help us to love one another in a way that we can't do on our own. So I'm going to conclude with this. I want you to ask yourself, who are you and who do you want the world to see? Because if we're making a decision, for you guys getting baptised, you've made a decision to get baptised and to be raised again through baptism, that the world may see, just like that wedding ring, that the world may see your life. What do you want the world to see? And if there are things you don't want the world to see, and that you perhaps think aren't the best parts of you, then bring them to God. Listen to him. Know that he is love and that he is one and he brings unity and allow him in to love you so that you can love yourself and so that you can love others. So make that first step. Make a decision. Highlight those things that you want to bring to him and then begin to outwork the decision by listening, by recognizing who God is in it and by allowing his love into your life. And I'm going to close with that today. Let's just pray. Father God, I thank you for this Baptism Sunday. I thank you that through your word, we can, we can understand that we can, we can grow in our decision making. As we listen to you, as we allow you in to bring change to us. That you teach us that you are love, that you love us and that you can help us love ourselves and love one another. God, I just pray this morning for those getting baptised. I pray that as they go through baptism, that they would stand then the other side, just like wearing that wedding ring and say, I am walking with God now. God, I pray that you would bless them. God, and for those who maybe aren't sure this morning about you, maybe you haven't been in church for a long time, I pray that you would speak to them and encourage them and remind them again what it is to listen to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, and if you've got questions this morning and you would like to know a little bit more about God, there'll be some people down at the front after. If you want to make a recommitment or if you just want to ask a few things, please don't leave without speaking to someone. Speak to somebody who you've come with or there'll be people down at the front over on my right. Please come and speak to them this morning.